Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are starting the second half of Acts. The first half covered the disciples of Jesus waiting in Jerusalem for the promised Holy Spirit, which came at Pentecost. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And Jews from every nation under heaven could understand in their own languages the good news or the gospel of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 12. The church was growing and with that there was growing pains. Because of that, seven men were selected to serve the needs of the people. We call them deacons. So the apostles could devote themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. Acts chapter 6 verses 2 and 3. One was Stephen who was stoned to death while Saul watched with approval. Acts 7. That began a great persecution of the church, which caused them to scatter throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. Chapter 8, verse 1. We then read that Philip, another deacon, shared the gospel in Samaria. And then the Holy Spirit sent him to share Jesus Christ to an Ethiopian eunuch. Chapter 8. And the Saul, who was the persecutor, became a believer in Jesus. Saul began growing in his understanding that Jesus was the promised Messiah, and he began to preach. But people were fearful of him because he used to persecute them until Barnabas talked with Saul and befriended him. Barnabas brought him to the apostles, and while in Jerusalem, people threatened Saul's life, so they sent him to Tarsus, chapter 9. We also learn that God worked in Peter's life to share the good news with the Gentile God-fearer Cornelius and his whole family, and the Holy Spirit fell upon all the Gentiles who were listening to the message, and they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Chapter 10. Peter went back to Jerusalem and reported to the apostles and the brethren all that took place with the Gentiles. Many believers scattered to Antioch, and the church was growing there. Barnabas was sent to check it out, and he then got Saul and Tarsus to come, and they stayed there to teach the believers in Antioch. This is the first place that the disciples were called Christians. There was a prophet at this church, Agabus, in which the Holy Spirit said that a famine was coming. So the new church sent an offering to Jerusalem, the mother church, to give them aid. This was sent by Barnabas and Saul to the elders, chapter 11. The first apostle put to death was James, John's brother, by Herod the king, who then arrested Peter and placed him in jail. An angel delivered him, and he went to John Mark's mother's house, Mary. He told them to report these things to James and the brethren, and then he left. This James was Jesus' half-brother and would become the leader of the Jerusalem church. Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem and took along with them John, who is also called Mark, chapter 12. 
If you remember, the key verse of Acts is chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. The first half of Acts shows us the good news started in Jerusalem, then with persecution it spread from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria, and then the new church was in Antioch, which was not far beyond Samaria. But now the second half of Acts is taking the gospel to the remotest part of the earth. Chapters 13 and 14 describe Paul's first missionary journey. It starts in Antioch, which is in Syria, with prophets and teachers, leaders of the church, such as Barnabas, a Levite from Cyprus, Acts chapter 4, verse 36, and Simeon, also called Niger, which is Latin for black, so he may have been from Africa, Lucius of Cyrene, which was in Libya, and Menea, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. This is a varied group of men, but their faith in Jesus puts them together. Verse 2 says that they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, and the Holy Spirit set apart Barnabas and Saul for his work. They prayed and fasted, laid hands on them, and sent them away, a commissioning service. Led by the Holy Spirit, they went to Seleucia, which was the port of Antioch, and then they sailed to Cyprus, an island in the Mediterranean Sea, and Barnabas's home. We find in verse 5 that they took John Mark with them on this trip. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 10, we learn that John Mark is also Barnabas's cousin. Once on the island, they went to the chief town, which was Salamis. We then see this pattern of evangelism. First, they go to a highly populated city with the hope of reaching as many people as possible. And then they go to the synagogue, the Jewish house of worship, in hopes that the Jews would understand that their Messiah had come. Many times we see that they did not believe, and this led them to spread the good news to the Gentiles who may believe. They left that city and verse 6 tells us that they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos. It was here that the proconsul, the highest ranking official in the Roman province, a man of intelligence, verse 7 says, wanted to hear the word of God. Now verse 9a is a transitional verse, but Saul, who was also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. Saul was his Hebrew name, but Paul was his Roman name. As Paul goes through Gentile lands and Roman providences, he referenced himself as the Gentiles would call him, not as the Jews would call him, except when he's talking about his conversion experience. There was a false prophet here named Elymas, also called Bar-Jesus, who confronted them, and Paul, through the power of the Lord, caused him to be blind. Due to this, the proconsul believed their words. Verse 13 is also a transitional verse. Now, Paul and his companions put out to sea from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. But John left them and returned to Jerusalem. Up to this time, Barnabas took Paul, Acts 9.27, 
Acts 11.30, And this they did, sending it in charge of Barnabas and Saul to the elders. Acts 12.25, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem. The list of prophets and teachers in chapter 13, verse 1, had Barnabas first and Saul last. Then in verse 2, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul to the work for which I have called them. Saul now begins to refer to himself in the Roman name of Paul, and now this verse, Paul and his companions. We will then find in chapter 13, verse 43, God-fearing proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas. Verse 46, Paul and Barnabas. Verse 50, Paul and Barnabas. One thing this shows us is the transition of leadership. It may be largely due to Paul being the major spokesperson or personality or the difference in ministering to Jews versus Gentiles. Chapter 14 and 15 have a few times when Barnabas is still first, but it goes back and forth. Going back to verse 13 as a transitional verse, we find that John Mark left Paul and Barnabas and returned to Jerusalem, his hometown. We don't know why, and the speculations run all over the place, but the scripture does not say why. But this becomes a key point in just a few chapters later. Now that they have arrived in the region called Pamphylia, the port city was Perga, and then they traveled to Pisidian Antioch, and on the Sabbath went to the synagogue. This area is modern-day Turkey. The law and the prophets were read, and then they gave them a chance to speak, and Paul got up. He expounded on the scriptures and on King David and how Jesus was the promised Savior which God brought. Verses 32 and 33a read, And we preach to you the good news of the promise made to the fathers, that God has fulfilled this promise to our children, and that he raised up Jesus. Then verses 38 and 39, Therefore let it be known to you, brethren, that through him forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and through him everyone who believes is freed from all things, from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. He ended his sermon. People begged them to come back on the next Sabbath. The next week, the whole assembly came which filled the Jews with jealousy. And they began to contradict Paul as if he were blaspheming. Paul and Barnabas spoke up and said, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first, since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. Verse 46. This brought the Gentiles great rejoicing. The Jews cast them out of town, and the disciples shook the dust off their feet and went to Iconium. They were continually filled with joy, a word that Luke loves, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Chapter 14, they kept their pattern. They entered the synagogue, which showed that they still loved their people. Many people, both Jews and Greeks, believed. The Jews who did not stood in opposition. Verse 3, they spent a long time there speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. 
The city became divided, and there was word that they were going to be stoned. So they fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Laconia, and the region around it. At Lystra, Paul healed a lame man who had never walked. The crowds were so amazed that they began calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes because Paul was the chief speaker. Verse 12. They were going to sacrifice to them, but when Barnabas and Paul heard it, they tore their robes and told them that they were just men. Jews came from Antioch and Iconium to cause problems, and they stirred up enough commotion that they stoned Paul and put him out of the city for dead. Verse 20. But while the disciples stood around him, he got up and entered the city. The next day, he went away with Barnabas to Derbe where they preached and made many disciples. Then amazingly, they go back the way they came through all the cities to strengthen the believers, encourage them to continue in the faith and to appoint elders for them in every church. Having prayed and fasted, they commended them to the Lord. Just a note, they did not go back to the island of Cyprus. In my New Testament notes, my professor Tony Hopkins said, Paul never loses touch with churches that he taught. They went home to Antioch and shared what the grace of God did through their work and how God had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they spent a long time in their home church with the disciples. One thing I've thought about when reading this passage is a story in the Gospels. It's found in Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 through 17, Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22, and Luke chapter 5, verses 33 and 39, when John the Baptist's disciples asked Jesus why his disciples don't fast. And Jesus responded, The attendants of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. Here in Acts, we see that the day has come. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that helps to open us up to hear from the Lord. If you have never fasted before, start small. Read a book on it. One of my favorites is Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. It doesn't have to be food. It doesn't have to be complete food. It could be fasting from TV or chocolate or shopping or something that you feel has control over you instead of Jesus. Ask him. Ladies, I have never seen a time when I was willing to give up something for Jesus that he has not blessed me greatly. So if you have heard his voice today, please don't harden your hearts. Instead, let's be women who pray, fast, and obey. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.